Hi, everyone. Thank you once again for joining the Dan Roman podcast. I am your money and financial coach, Dan Roman, and I greatly appreciate your time, your attention. I want to thank you so much for sending in comments, for rating, for subscribing to this podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please do so. The more people that know about this podcast, the better. This way we can connect to more people. We can make this thing called personal finances go viral and we can really affect some change in our personal lives and also in the people that we know and love. couple questions for you as we start today's episode and going forward. First one, what are your biggest money challenges? The second one, what are you hoping to learn about your money? Please note, everything I share is for general education purposes only. Any insight I provide is strictly for that reason and is not a recommendation. I have and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Also, I have not considered nor evaluated your financial snapshot, your portfolio, or your risk assessment. This podcast is by no means a distribution of tax, investment, or legal advice. There is no way that we can build a community without all of us connecting with one another in every way possible, through social, through email, and even through this podcast. So to uncover some keys to a study that was done on marriage and money, money continues to be the number one issue upon married couples that they face and what they argue about day to day, year to year. 86% 86% of couples who get married is in, last, in the last five years start out in debt. So over the last five years, the majority of the couples getting married start out with debt together. The higher a couple's debt, the more likely they are to argue about money. If you haven't made that connection yet, it's something that we can conclude because the money stresses start off from the beginning. Couples in healthy marriages are more likely to talk about their money dreams and make long-term money goals with themselves and together as a couple. And I spoke about this last week in our M&M episode, our marriage and money episode, that successful marriages include couples that talk about money regularly and also have money dreams and goals that are aligned and together. So... This study was done by Ramsey Solutions. It, 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 it contained over a thousand adults in the U.S. that are married. And um, the point of this was really to gain an understanding of how personal finance behaviors and attitudes, how they work, how they link, as well as how married couples communicate and relate to their money goals. So diving into more of money and marriage, let's get into some of the meats and potatoes of this study. Couples who fight about money have roughly $30,000 in consumer debt. That's the average, with nearly two-thirds of all marriages starting off in the red. 63%, nearly two-thirds of marriages starting off in the red, which means that the expenses combined total for the household is more 
than the income coming in. Okay? More expenses than income. The debt that they bring into the marriage is having a negative impact. And it's having a negative impact on marriages. Regardless of how much money the house is making. Regardless if people are making six figures. If one person is making six figures. If they're both making making six figures. It doesn't matter. 41% of couples who have consumer debt say that they argue about money. And it's what they argue about the most. Because money stresses and money problems cause a lot of insecurity with individuals and they release those insecurities on the other person. Not having any money, not being able to understand where or how you're going to pay the light bill or put food on the table is extremely stressful. Meanwhile, you're making a good, a good income. But what happens? The debt is eating up the income that you have. In comparison to that 41% that I just spoke about, only 25% of couples who are debt-free say they argue about money. Plus, money doesn't even make the top five list of things debt-free people couples argue about. So in the couples that are debt-free, only 25% of them said that they actually argue about money. But it's not even in the top five list of things that they argue about. Bringing debt into marriage is trending. And it's trending higher and higher and higher with younger generations having much more debt than the generations that came before them. 43% of couples married more than 25 years started off in debt, while 86% of couples married five years or less started off in the red. Twice the number of their, twice the number of the people before them, the generations before them. And the reason is because the debt is increasing higher and higher and higher. Not only that, but more couples and the younger generations accumulate debt to pay for their wedding than older generations. 41% of those married for five years or less say that they felt pressure to spend more than they could afford on their wedding. About half, 54%, or just over half, 54% of couples married five years or less say some of their wedding expenses were covered with a credit card. And 73% of those couples say that they regret that decision. And if you've been following me at any point in time over the past several weeks, past couple of months, you know that the average price for a wedding is $33,900. This is a very telling statistic. More debt simply just means more fighting. The larger a couple's debt, the more likely they were to say money is one of the top issues they fight about. About half, 48% of the couples in the survey, in the study, with $50,000 or more in consumer debt say that money is the top reason for their arguments. And then those with $50,000 or more in debt were three times more likely than couples with less than $10,000 in debt to say the tone of their marriage conversations is negative. Because the stress of the money, the stress of the debt, the the living paycheck to paycheck, or even being in the red where your expenses are more than your income, it creates such a desperation. It creates such an insecure, scared place that it affects every part of your life and every part of your marriage. It affects how you talk to your spouse, how you interact with your spouse, how you look at your spouse, even down to how you sleep with your spouse. 
like in the same bed? Are you corner to corner or are you holding each other's hand or is one holding the other? This affects all aspects of our lives. Americans who say money is a top issue, they fight about with their spouse. Here's the breakdown. $50,000 or more in debt, 48% of the couples. 20000 to 50000 37% of the couples. 10000 to 20000 33% of the couples. And less than $10,000, 23% of the couples who said that money is a top issue that they fight about with their spouse. So, to summarize, this particular stat that I just gave, the less debt you have, the less likely you are to fight about your spouse about it. The more debt you have, the more you fight about your spouse about it. Debt isn't only a financial pain for couples. It's not the only one. One third of the people who say they argue with their spouse about money say that they hit a purchase from their spouse because they knew their partner would not approve. One out of three confess that they hid purchases from their spouse. That is financial infidelity. That is lying to your spouse. That is cheating your spouse financially. When a spouse hides purchases from their partner, it breaks down the trust in their marriage, in their relationship, in the foundation. Couples need to understand that their money differences, like he saves more or he spends more than she does, You need to understand those differences so you can work together and be on the same page with your finances. I have referred many times on Instagram, on other social media platforms, and even on this very podcast that my wife Penelope is the spender. And I am the saver. She is the free spirit. I am the nerd. So how is it that we make it work? We make it work through communication. We make it work with establishing clear guidelines, having money goals together, and talking about our money regularly, which is what I hinted at last in last week's podcast episode. That's how we're able to not have money be one of the things that we argue about. Do we argue? Yes. All married couples do. If we didn't, I'd be very concerned. But money is not one of them. Topics like money goals and dreams, as I just talked about with Penelope and I, are important for spouses to talk about. Couples that are in healthier, happier marriages are more likely to have those bigger, important conversations about money. And to be exact, about 87% of the people in the study who say that their marriage is great also say that their spouse, them, that they and their spouse work together to get long-term goals for their money. Like they work at it, they, they write it down, and then they put a plan to achieve it. And money becomes less of a problem, which means they argue less about money, which means their marriage feels better. It feels happier, feels healthier. Now, 41% of those respondents who say that their marriage is okay or in crisis. Why? Because they argue about money more. Additionally, 94% of those with great marriages discuss that their money dreams together. They talk about what they want to achieve together as a team, compared to only 45% of those who said that their marriage was okay. 
Simply put, like I said last week, the more you talk about your money as a couple, the more successful you will be with it, the more fruitful it will be for you. The more you talk about your goals, your dreams, and you align each other to those and create a plan forward, you will have a greater marriage. 94% of the couples in the, in the study said that they felt their marriage was healthy and happy. You got to have these conversations ongoing. This isn't just set it and forget it. It needs to happen weekly. It needs to happen monthly. Those who say that they have a great marriage are almost twice as likely to talk about money daily or weekly compared to those who say their marriage is okay or in crisis. Couples who take a team approach to their finances are more likely to achieve their goals. Doing a monthly budget, which I've spoken about countless times, but doing it together and talking about it regularly are the first steps in making that a reality. These budget meetings open the door to a more meaningful conversation about your dreams and your money goals. That is from Rachel Cruz, money expert and budget expert in this space. We also have to consider the emotions. Emotions are barriers to communications. They're walls. Invisible. We get in our own feelings. We get in our own head. And we're stubborn. And we listen to respond and not listen to actually hear the words that are being shared. Especially surrounding money. Especially when it comes to debt. <sighs> Maybe one of the barriers between a, 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 a married couple when it comes time to talk about their finances could be debt. Could be their own emotions about it. But we have to leave the emotions somewhere else. About half of the, of the couple surveyed, 47%, with consumer debt, say that their level of debt creates stress and anxiety. No shit. It would for me too. 60% of those with consumer debt say that they worry about their finances on a monthly basis. And of each and of, of every four couples, one say they worry about their finances every day. I can relate to this because I've been in that position before where I think about how I'm going to make the day work because money is just not there. How am I going to get to work? I have I'm, my gas tank reads empty. How many miles can I get before my car breaks down? How much singles can I scrap together to put a gallon or two of gas in my car? I've been there before. I know that feeling. It's a scary place to be. People are anxious when they talk about their money and their personal finances, especially if they carry a high dollar of debt. 63% of those people with $50,000 or more in debt feel anxious about talking about their personal finances. Now, if we compare that to people that have less than $10,000 in debt, 41% of the people who had less than $10,000 in debt have the same level of anxiety. Not only is debt causing the anxiety, but it's causing embarrassment. People feel like they're setting themselves behind. They feel like they've made a mistake. They, you know, they dropped the milk. They have egg on their face. 43% of the 
people in the survey with $50,000 or more in debt feel embarrassed about talking, their personal, about talking about their personal finances. Now, if you talk to somebody who's debt-free, only 10% feel embarrassed. You ask me about my, my money situation, I will talk about it openly. I'm not embarrassed about it. Why? Because I've come from that place. I've put in the work. I've made the sacrifices. I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck or below that. I know what it's like to live in the red week to week, month to month. And now I know what it's like to not have to worry about that. Now I know what it's like to have no debt and to have a life that is more financially stable and healthy compared to what I had in the past. Rachel Cruz also says, she's a best-selling author in this in, in this budgeting money space, Holding on to your emotions that come with debt will cripple you and keep you from improving your money situation. Yes, facing the past can be embarrassing, but acknowledging the problem is the first step to winning with money. You have to realize that you actually have a problem because then you can write that problem down and then you can figure out how you're going to solve it. And this is where I'm going to plug myself. This is where I come in. If you don't know what to do or how to get started, in the show notes of this podcast, you and I can meet through that link for a complimentary free consultation. You and I can sit for an hour and talk about your dreams, your goals, your current financial position, and what scares you the most. And then also what you want to learn and what you want to do. And if you don't have any of those answers to any of those questions, that's where I come in as your guide, as your coach. There's hope for couples who want to work on better communication around money. When couples get on the same page through talking regularly, making goals, discussing dreams together, they build a strong foundation for their relationship. Working with each other instead of against each other, reducing fears and anxieties, and building a home for a safe, healthy, happy marriage. When me and Penelope are at odds with each other, my, my wife and I, I always pause, and at some point of the kind of conversation, if I feel like it's going somewhere it shouldn't need to be, it shouldn't have to go, I say, honey, my love, it's not you and me versus each other. It's you and I versus this situation. How can we work through it, or how can we solve it? One thing that I realize when it comes to working with married couples is that when you overcome the money piece, when you get aligned with your dreams, where you get on a budget, where you work together, where you talk about your money frequently, this absolutely changes your marriage in every possible way. Your intimacy level goes up. Your trust builds stronger. The foundation grows and evolves. You will no longer have the issues with your spouse that you used to have. Honestly, I'm telling you that from experience. Talking about money is absolutely priceless and it will save struggling marriages. Because remember, money fights and money problems are is still the number one cause of divorce. But the communication with each other, going over the details, being with each other when you're down and then being with each other when you're up, there is no feeling like it. So for the second straight week, this is the marriage and money episode continued, and I hope you find this helpful. Well, guys, that is a wrap for today. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for your time. 
If you found this podcast valuable, informational, resourceful in any way, please share this with someone that you personally know and are connected to so that they can gain something from this also. The way we build a community is for all of us to be connected, engaging with one another, sharing information, uplifting each other up. If at any point in time I have said anything, created anything, or shared something with you in any way that you have found helpful, life-changing, or informational, please share this episode on all your social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Text the link to a friend so that they can listen to this Listen to this with a loved one at home so we can all make this thing called personal finances go viral so that we can gain control of our money so that we decide what happens, when it happens, and how it happens. Thank you all once again. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. See the show notes of this podcast if you want to reach out to us via social. Visit the website. Send us an email. If you want to be featured on the next podcast, there's a link there also for you to drop in a voice message. And if you want to book a consultation free of charge to discuss your financial position, you can book an appointment there. See appointment times that are available to you real time. We can also book an appointment for your coaching or counseling session as well. And as always, God bless. Peace.